0: Welcome to the KHOW podcast. You've joined a community who focuses on doing the word, living the word, and following the word. We hope you enjoy these messages. I'm excited, we are in the month of May. We have made it to the fifth month of discipleship. Who's excited with me? Okay, all right, come on guys. Let's get excited, come on Shayna. Level up, level up. No, okay. <laughs> We're leveling up, and we are excited about. I'm excited. So, for those of you who are here for the first time, welcome to K Global. We are excited that you are with us. Pastor Alex just got in the building. He said he'll be here in a second, but he is in the building. Um, we are grateful. We are grateful for this time, you all, because. I think what's so amazing about God is that KHOW Fellowships, I think we were ready for this, right? Like having to move into um, this this, um, um, web space was not difficult for us, right? Um, And what we have found out is that there are so many of our brothers and sisters who are part of the kingdom um, because we teach and we preach kingdom, we teach that we are a part of the bride that the that the Lord himself is coming back for right and so what has been awesome is to be able to connect with other members of the bride, other parts of the body for for first Corinthians twelve says that we are we are many parts, but we are one body and so to be able to be in this space with the body of christ the bride of christ from all over the world from london and um in different parts of the state Um, we've had someone here from australia and just to see god bring us together and what is so beautiful is that Because God has never told us to center this around um, membership, because you need to understand that your membership is in heaven. You belong to the Father, okay? Now, what we are doing is honoring the word of God that says that we are not to forsake the assembling of ourselves. And so, K-How is founded on, on three very simple things. We live the word, we follow the word, and we do the word. And that really should be the heart of every uh, person that says they are follower of Jesus Christ. You are to live the word, you are to follow the word, and you are to do the word. We talked about um, applying the word to our life, right? That we don't wanna just be people of information, we wanna be people of application. That the information we receive from the word of God is then applied to our lives and then lived out in such a way that we are, what the Bible says, those living epistles that are being written of men, that when men see you, when women see you, when children see you, that before they see your personality, they see the presence of Jesus. See, when I meet people, I want them to feel what we talked about two Saturdays ago, the glow of God, not the glow up, Right, because I know, I know what the world means when they're talking about the glow up. I'm talking about the glow of God, the presence, the glory of God, that it is resting so heavily upon our lives. I feel like the glory of God should drip off the children of God. That wherever you go, the glory should be going with you, that it should be dripping off of you. I feel like we are coming into a time I feel really excited about Jesus right now, but I feel like we are coming into a time where we can be like Peter and walk out of a gate and see a man there and he and he asks us to 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 heal him, and we have to go, oh uh uh I'm gonna let my shadow heal you <laughs> right. I don't have i don't have anything but I'm, I'm just gonna pass you because the glory of god on my life even the shadow that that reflects who i am in him can touch you that's the kind of life i want to live i want to live a life that when i come into any um, a, a place that I am able to shift the atmosphere. Why? Because I carry the glory. I carry the presence of God. And realistically he's shifting the atmosphere. I'm just carrying him into the room. And so we want to be able, what we have to understand is the glory with, the, with the glory, it comes with weight. And so we have to be physically and spiritually conditioned to carry the glory of God okay the glory is not easy the glory is weighty it comes with it a depth it comes with it a responsibility and so God in this year is causing us to get in position to be made into disciples that can further carry his glory like the disciples did after Jesus left see really right now what we are we're in um Right now we're being made, right? it almost makes me think of the, uh, the, the time they were waiting for the Holy Spirit to come. We're in this incubation stage, right? Where, where God is doing the work on the inside of us. He's, he's, he's brought us, or how about this? We're in the cocoon right now. Right? I think as, 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 as great and as big as we might have thought we were, I think we have been a bunch of caterpillars crawling. Even in our faith, and I feel like God said, "I need to now. You, 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 you've been crawling, you know. You and I kept you safe. I've let you see some things. I've let you have some things. But right now, I need to cocoon you for a minute, because there's some things that I gotta produce in you, get out of you. I've got to do some things to to, to regenerate and recreate who you are. Because when this is over, I need my children to stop crawling and start flying. I need my children to start stop crawling and start soaring." Right. And so we're in this 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 place where metamorphosis can happen in such a beautiful way. If we allow God to to do the work that we don't try to bust out of the cocoon prematurely. That we don't clip our wings because we couldn't stay long enough for him to finish. We want to be finished even in this season. This season is going to require you to finish with God. There there are assignments and tasks that God may be downloading, but just in our spirit man, just in the building up of our spirit man, God wants to finish something in each and every one of us before it is time to go back out into the world. And so, the first month of discipleship was the month of come, and what we realized and what we said is that through this entire year, it is gonna take three things. You are gonna need three things. Commitment, consistency, and courage. Look at where we are. We needed courage. We didn't even know what we we were gonna need courage. But you, you need courage to remain in God right now in this in this climate. It takes courage not to turn and go back to. It takes courage not to put your hands on. It takes courage not to allow the demons of your past to become the demons of your present right now. You got to be committed. Not committed. uh, Not committed just to showing up. And getting with the saints, you got to be committed to the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Because we're, all, we're, we're not even able to touch one another physically right now. But you can touch the hem of his garment every day. You can touch the power and the presence of God every day. But you got to be committed to your relationship with the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And then you've got to be consistent about your relationship. You got to be consistent in how you are applying the word. What we do not wanna do is be like it says in Hebrews where we're men who look at the mirror, see themselves and turn away. We wanna be consistently looking and seeing ourselves being made into the image and goodness and glory of God. And so the second month we talked about abandoning, the things that you have to abandon, let go of, release and 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 let leave so that you can actually do what we did in the third month which is to follow him many of us have tried to follow jesus with two with bags he didn't ask us to take on the journey too many of us have tried to take people on a trip that was that jesus only purchased the ticket for you with you gotta realize that jesus bought your ticket and what he's got for you on your journey is not the same as he has for the ticket he gave to the next person. Me and my husband are one in marriage and covenant. However, we are e- each responsible for the plan and the journey that God has laid out for us as individuals. Because when we get to that, to that good, good glory, to that heaven, he, we're not being judged together. <laughs> it's not a two for one. I think if it was a two-for-one, there'd be more people married, because they'd be like, look, I'm gonna need you to come on my journey so I can get the benefits of a two-for-one when we, right? It's not a two-for-one, so let it go. All you married people, it ain't a two-for-one. Look, if I could ride on the back of his faith, I I wouldn't do any of this. I'd just be like, he good, Lord, so just, can I get a two-for-one? But it's not a two-for-one, y'all, I'm sorry. And then we got into the, um, so we went out of abandon into follow. And we talked about the followership of Jesus and what that looks like. Um, And then we left follow and we went to the month of me, which me equal Jesus. Me is not about you. It's about Jesus. And now, we are in the month of make you. Make, M-A-K-E-U, Y-O-U. Our theme scripture is Matthew 4 and 19, which says, come follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Or as I always say, other translations say, I will, te- I will teach you how to fish for men. But we're in the month of make you. And, and here's what I love about it is in that, that make you, there's a guarantee right before the make you. He says, I will. So you already have a guarantee that you don't have to make yourself. And and here's the thing. You actually can't make yourself a disciple. And I think for a long time, we've been trying to make ourselves something that only Jesus can make you. Because he says, I will make you. It doesn't say we will make you. It doesn't say we'll make us together. It says, I will make you. Jesus was very clear to let the disciples know when you're coming with me, I want you to come and I need your participation. I need your consistency. I need your abandonment. I need your fellowship. I need you to understand that the focus is not you. It's me. Now there will be times that I will focus on you, but it's, it's my focus on you is getting me in you. See, when Jesus is focused on you, he's focused on getting him in you. And so now he says, but after all that, I'm going to make you. So I want to be clear. I don't need your help at this part. I will make you. So it goes back to us having to relinquish control on the journey. Relinquishing control in the relationship. Because now he's saying, I will make you. So today is just an overview of where we're going. So I'm going to try to keep it a little light. So y'all will smile when you leave amen so let's talk about the definition of make or making okay you can write this down to make something means to alter something so it forms into something else or we could say alter someone so it forms into someone else see this is the mission this is the intent or intention of jesus is to alter you so that he can make you into someone else if we're honest we know who we used to be and some of us know who we are right now and some of us straddle between used to and now um and we understand that probably actually but i'm gonna be nice probably who we were would not fully follow jesus not in the way that jesus probably would want us to follow him now I know who I was I don't know about y'all but I'm very clear about who I was and I'm not saying that I was all bad but what I am saying is is that I was all in control and so just that alone just the control just if you have a nature of control it's very hard to let someone else guide and lead you somewhere you have no idea where you're going but once we came into relationship with Jesus, what we realize, and, and here's the thing, I think we kind of realized it before, because we go, you know what, I want to be someone different. I want something different. That's why Jesus and, 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 and his goodness uh, uh, become so um, attractive, right? When we come to the point of acceptance, we understand, I want to trade what, what I've been and who I've been for this life that he's offering. So we understand that there's a trade, but even in the trade, we are not always willing to accept who he wants us to become, because there's a tug of war of who you've been. Because a lot of who you've been, you liked, but the problem is the things you liked weren't good for you. And so he's he he's saying, I have to make you, because see, you wouldn't do this by yourself. So I I will make you. Don't worry, it it it's gonna take some for some of you. It's gonna be a little harder. Some of you is going to be a little easier, but I will make you. And so the next definition of make is entering into a contract. For us, it would be entering into covenant. So when you are making or the word make also means marriage. So we enter into the definition um, in, in the Webster that says contract, but for us, that would be covenant. Right. And so it literally says entering into a contract. And then next to it in the Webster's dictionary it says marriage. So you need to understand that his making you is he's entering into a covenant relationship with you where you and the and Jesus, the Lord, the Father, and the Son all become one. That you come into a marriage. Here's the thing: you cannot be called a bride if you are not married to a groom. He calls us his bride. So there has to be an agreement of marriage so that we actually can stand in the position of bride. Some people right now are just Christians. They're not even the bride because they have not decided to come into agreement and to be in covenant relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ, which then solidifies them as the bride. Some people just go to, go to a ministry. Some people just... But we need to kingdom people, the children of God, citizens of the kingdom understand we are in a marriage covenant relationship with the triune God. Next definition, it's one word, fitting, F-I-T-T-I-N-G. I want to help all of you that go, I don't fit. You don't because Jesus has, has a time where he's going to fit you. And this month is the month of fitting you. So a lot of us are like, I don't fit. I feel, I don't, I, I just want to be normal. I just wish I could be accepted. I just don't fit here. I just don't fit there. No, you don't. Because Jesus's desire, the, God's desire was always that you would fit with him. And so in this month, let's look at it this way. Thank you, Holy Spirit. It's like a man who has to go get fitted for his tuxedo for the day of his marriage. Or a man who has to go get fitted for a suit, right? You have to have a professional tailor to fit you properly. Now you can go and just take your clothes to the cleaners and get get a hem, right, get the right hem or maybe they take something in. But when you go to a tailor to be fitted, guess what happens? It's custom made. The Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit when jesus says i will make you what he is saying is i'm about to customize who you are you are about to be on a journey where i am fitting you for my purpose not yours but for mine god wants to custom make you you are not a copy you are an original And you are going to, look, we know that just on our own, but there's another level to your custom, your uniqueness that happens when God starts to fit you. Okay. So one, two, three, four. So we are going to go over five different areas during the month of make you. So here's the first one. Number one, make us ready. And then put a dash, prepare. So we're going to talk about, him making us ready, which means he's got to prepare you. See, a lot of us are always living in the place of get ready. But Jesus lives in the, in the, in the place of make ready. See, there's a difference when you got to get ready. It's just all, right, when you get ready, you're trying to assemble all these things. You're like, oh, I can't do that until I I get ready. I'm not ready for that. I got to get, this is not about you being ready. He said, I will make you. (laughs) So he's going to make you ready. Number two, these are all, and what I'm giving you are all definitions of the word make out of this scripture. So when you exegete the word make, these are the definitions. So make us ready. Number two, be the author of. So as he's making you ready, he now takes position as the author of, of what? Your story and your journey. So this is where you can no longer narrate your own story because he's going to make you allow him to be the author of your story and your journey. Number three, he's going to make a path. I think what's very interesting is we know he, we always talk about him making ways, but we don't talk about him making paths. And so we're gonna talk about him making a path. Number four, he wants to create with you and recreate what's in you. Create with you and recreate what's in you. When you recreate a thing, It means to create again. Here's what you have to understand. For the rest of your life, God will be recreating you. But here's the beautiful thing. We get to co-create with him. You are here on the earth to co-create with God. Things that have never been done, he wants to co-create with you. He wants to utilize you and who you are to to create things here for his purpose and his glory. And then number five is very simple, give. It's got a lot in in that, but we are just give. So I want you to write down some points. So number one, when making something, you need three things, okay? Whenever you make something, you need three things. Number one, they need to be essential. So here, I'm going to give you the words. Just write the words like this. Essential, qualities, and standards. Essentials, qualities, and standards. When making something you need. Essential, quality, and standards, okay? And you know, you guys know me. I'm going to back it up with scripture. Amen, amen. (laughs) My husband's laughing at me in the background. So Malcolm, I know that you are taking notes, correct? So I'm gonna use DG today to read for us some scripture. You ready, DG? Uh, okay. Okay, we're going guys to Matthew three. Matthew, uh-huh. 3. I'm gonna let everybody get there and then I'll tell you where to go. Matthew three, and we're gonna read verses 14 and 15. Okay, Matthew 3, 14 and 15 reads as follows. But John tried to deter him saying, I need to be baptized by you. And do you come to me? Jesus replied, let it be so now. It is proper for us to do this to fulfill all righteousness. Then John consented. So the word essential means this. It's absolutely necessary. And it's key. So here is John the Baptist, and Jesus comes to John the Baptist. John the Baptist in this time, in this day, is baptizing people in water and is calling them to repentance, okay? Mm -hmm. Jesus, who has sinned not, comes to be baptized, and John is like, I don't understand, because John, right, John was born to prepare the way for Christ's coming. That is his job. One crying out in the wilderness, prepare the way for the Lord. This is what John the Baptist's whole mission mandate and message was. He was called to prepare the way. So he knows who Jesus is when Jesus is coming. He understands uh, Jesus's position and place, but he cannot understand why Jesus would want him who is just a man to baptize him in repentance when he has nothing to repent for. But what Jesus says initially, actually in the scriptures, this is absolutely necessary, John. It's essential. If you don't do this, here's what happens. If John doesn't baptize Jesus, Jesus isn't introduced to man. Because as soon as he is baptized, this, the, the, the voice of God, a dove, the glory of God, and he says, This is my son my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. And that moment marks Jesus's introduction. It's essential. And you need to know that there are essential things in your life that God understands he has to make you ready for the essential because the essential marks you. And it also marks you as his. See, it wasn't only an introduction, but it also was an announcement of their relationship. God said, that's my son. So everyone that was there could go and they could, they could uh, testify, agree to, and validate every time Jesus told someone he was the son of God. He's like, well, oh, yeah, he's absolutely the son of God. We, God, we heard it. So there are things that are essential that are absolutely necessary, that we have to figure out what is absolutely necessary and what are the things that we have collected on the way that are just Christianese or have nothing to do with the Bible or our relationship with the Father. Number, the second thing is qualities. We're gonna go to Philippians four. We're backing up. So qualities, qualities means this, there's a standard that is excellent. That it is a level that we're coming up to another level. when we look at qualities, so the standard, the the excellence, the the, the level we're level when we talk about we're leveling up, we're going to another level. And so Philippians uh, chapter four, you there, sir? Yes. okay. Philippians four and verse eight. All right, Philippians four verse eight reads, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, any of it, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. I'm going to read it out of the, the message. Summoning it, all, summoning it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things true, noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious, the best, not the worst the beautiful, not the ugly, things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me, what you heard and saw and realized. Do that and God who makes everything work together will work you into his most excellent harmony. So the qualities, God is saying, we have to shift the way we think, what we see, How we take it in, that there's an excellent, a more excellent way than the way that we have done things up to this point. Right? I love that part when he says, do this, right? Think on all these things. And God, who makes everything work together, because we know He does, He says, He will work, which also means He will make you into His most excellent harmony. Harmony also denotes peace amen and then the third thing is ingredient and so you don't have to go anywhere first corinthians 12 i talked about in the beginning i want you to read that um actually let's let's go here let's go to first corinthians 12 cuz there's a portion i love very much and i want you verse 20 So 25 and 26 says this in the message, it says this, the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part, the parts we mention and the parts we don't, the parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, Every other part enters into the exuberance. So I'm talking about the ingredients, right? All of us are part of the ingredient. That's why Jesus took 12. He didn't just take one other person with him, right? So an, an ingredient is the element that goes into the mixture. God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit want us to get become in, in the mixture with them, right? The Holy Spirit lives in us. The Son died for us. And the father created us they put but i love this but they made us in their image so they put us in the mix and we are for them a necessary component and so we have to understand our position our person and what the father wants to do in and through us amen next thing i want you to write down Uh, this is a lot so uh i'll type it after i say it so just listen in the context of the time of jesus the 12 who became disciples did not fit into the construct of religion or a religious order of the day but they would be made fitting for the kingdom so guys the 12 disciples were not the men who those who would have seen themselves in the religious order or those who would have thought themselves uh, learned or educated around the Torah, the the first five books of the Bibles, which what they had at that time, they would not have seen them as fitting for, for, for this work of discipleship. But Jesus understood that they were fitting for the kingdom. They were not fitting, you're right, they were not fitting for the religious order. You're right, they were not fitting to be rabbis of the day, but they were fitting for the kingdom work And the beginning of the gospel message being spread, the beginning of the ecclesia being formed, which is you, the called out, the congregation of God, they were fitting for something higher. And something greater you need to know that you are fitting for something higher and something greater you may not quote all the scriptures you may not be what someone else looks at and goes oh well I identify that is what I think a follower of Jesus should look like or I think a Christian should be like but Jesus says but I'm gonna make you fitting for the kingdom and fitting to be with me they were not fitting for the day but they fit with Jesus. Like that just, that alone is exciting. I may not fit where you want me to, but I fit with Jesus. And he's making me into something greater. Now, the three things you need to be to be made. You ready? Number one, you need to be radical. Radical means this affecting the fundamental nature of something the disciples affected the fundamental nature of what the religious order following god looked like jesus was fundamentally sent to tear down the nature of what was nobody's more radical than jesus nobody So you need to be radical. If you're not radical now, you need to get radical, okay? These times are crazy. You need to to have a little radicalness in you. Number two, you need to be relational. The definition means living in relationship to others, interconnectedness to others. So the reason why, here's the difference. I didn't say you need to be relatable. I said you need to be relational. See, everybody trying to be relatable, and you need to be relational. Relational means that you care and are concerned about community, connectivity. If three in one, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, desired connection with us, why would you think they don't desire connection within us as the bride, as the body? connectedness is important right now over this zoom call we are interconnected and what connects us is that we all have uh we all believe that that god is real that we serve god we hopefully have confessed and you can't do that. we have confessed in our hearts and uh confessed out of our mouths and believed in our hearts and stepped into a relationship where God is leading us. And so interconnectedness, relational, we need to be relational. So many people of God live their lives isolated and then wonder why things aren't happening a certain way or things aren't going a certain way. And then a lot of times they have all these questions because things, God is revealing and doing things but they have nowhere to go. They have no one to talk to. It is important that we stay connected, not just to God, but to one another. You gotta be relational. And then number three, you need to be ready to reform. Reform means to change oneself in order to improve. You gotta be willing to 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 say, okay, I, I, I I'm I'm ready. And I wanna the definition has changed, but I want you to cross that word out and say transform oneself in order to improve. Because God comes to transform. I love the transformer movies. It just blows my mind that a car can turn into this like humongous thing that you're like, how did this? you know how did the little yellow bug (laughs) right turn into this monstrosity of a but 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 that's what god wants to do in us he wants to transform us and allow allow the greatness and the bigness and the marvelousness of him in us come on the outside so that it wows and overtakes people because they're like what who what is that who is that what has happened I remember, I remember you from over here that you are completely something different. You look completely different. Wait, I don't, I barely recognize you. Have you ever been somewhere and they're like, I I, I almost didn't recognize you. (laughs) Good. (laughs) Because here's what you have to realize. Most people's recognition of you is not how you look. It's where you were. They recognize the last place you were with them or the last state you were with them. It's not about how you look. It's about the state you're in. And when a person can hardly recognize you, you realize I'm no longer in the last state we were were in together. And that's what God wants to do. So we have to understand that as he is making us remember, I will make you that he is gonna make us radical, relational, and he's going to reform you. And here's the thing. I hope that you're willing to let him and that he just don't have to railroad you. Because <laughs> it says, I will make you. It doesn't say, I will ask your permission to make you. And because you're here and you've committed to this year of discipleship, I'm gonna assume that you're willing. And if you feel a little, uh, over this weekend, go somewhere, get with God, say, Father, I, 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 this might be the hardest month, but I'm willing because I want to be made by you so that God, when the time comes, I can make others look like you. Thank you for joining us on another episode of the K-HOW podcast. If you have any questions, comments, or concerns, please feel free to email us at khowworshipla. That's K-H-O-W-O-R-S-H-I-P-L-A at gmail.com.